It's Wednesday, March 20th. Welcome to our new podcast, Skim This. Every Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., we're breaking down the biggest, most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, the EU slapped Google with a big fine for breaking antitrust laws. 2020 candidates are also keeping an eye on the power of big tech. So we want to dive into what that fight looks like. Trust us, we'll break it down for you. Then the FDA's approved a new drug for postpartum depression. We'll connect the dots on what it means for moms and why it may not be a cure-all. Finally, it's time to call in again with your woman of the week. We're featuring one leader you should definitely know. We're here to make your Wednesday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is presented by H&R Block. Skim This makes your evening smarter. H&R Block makes your tax season smarter. They decode taxes like we decode the news. And they've got your back, however you choose to file. The most complicated story today is about Google. Today, Google was fined 1.5 billion euros by the EU for antitrust violations. And while Europe is the one finding Google here, this isn't just a story about Europe. This affects everyone. So we're going to break down what's at stake here. First, how did Google violate European antitrust laws? Second, how did this tie into the debate here in the U.S.? And third, why you're hearing about all kinds of antitrust cases lately? Okay, first, how did Google violate European antitrust laws? We should note GV, formerly Google Ventures, is a minority investor in the skim. Okay, antitrust laws make sure companies are competing fairly for your money by keeping marketplaces competitive, no monopolies. What the EU is fining Google for today is a bit complicated. It has to do with them selling ad space to websites that use their search function. It's called ad brokering. The EU says between 2006 and 2016, Google owned 70% of that market share. And in that time period, they made sure websites in Europe were either forced to or were incentivized into only giving Google ads that space on the websites. It's like Google was a supermarket, but they made you put on glasses when you came in so that you only see 70% of the products at the store, just the store brand products. That's the part the EU says is illegal. You should be able to see all the goods, so you can choose. And smaller brands don't get edged out. They say Google did change their ways after they were warned in 2016, but now the EU says they have to pay up for the 10 years when they were breaking the law. Again, this is just the most recent move the EU has made against Google. They've also fined them for favoring their own services in Google search results and for forcing phone manufacturers to favor Google functions on their phones. So that's what the EU is doing. That brings us to part two. How does this tie into the debate in the U.S.? The EU's been at the forefront of this fight against big tech over antitrust laws. The EU has fined Google three times since 2017. Google is appealing the first two. The tabs run up to over 8 billion euros. The EU is also investigating Apple for engaging in anti-competitive practices in their app store. And it's investigating Amazon for its treatment of smaller third-party sellers. The U.S. hasn't done any of that, but there is growing anger from politicians. Senator Elizabeth Warren has been openly calling for big tech companies like Google and Facebook to get broken up. She says that these companies are making the marketplace more unfair in two ways. One, by buying up their smaller competitors, like Facebook buying Instagram and WhatsApp. And two, by selling their own products on platforms they control, 
Here she is on CBS Face the Nation earlier this month. It's like in baseball. You can be the umpire or you can own one of the teams, but you don't get to be the umpire and own the team. This has been part of her stump speech. She's running for president in 2020. Last week, Warren wrote a sponsored post about how Facebook is bulldozing the competition and using people's personal information to make money. She wrote this post on Facebook. Facebook took it down, saying it violated their rules, which basically proved her point. They eventually put it back up. But she's not the only one. Another Democratic presidential candidate, Amy Klobuchar, has also called for there to be more of a government check on big tech companies. Which brings us to the third point. Why it feels like you're hearing a lot about antitrust cases today. That's in part because today, Disney announced it's shelling out more than $71 billion for most of 21st Century Fox's assets. That deal has been in the works for over a year. It had to get approved by the Justice Department to make sure it didn't violate antitrust laws. But that approval sailed through fast. That made a bunch of people raise eyebrows. We should note that 21st Century Fox is a minority investor in the skim. But even though this deal passed the antitrust smell test, experts say it will likely change the entire landscape of the entertainment industry. Smaller studios might have to merge, Disney will be a bigger force in the streaming service game, and consumers will have to subscribe if they want to see Disney Fox movies. So less options overall. Okay, what's the skim of this? On a global level, the EU keeps forcing Google to make a move. Google announced today that it will give Android users in Europe more choices about what browsers they're using. So the EU keeping tabs doesn't just mean more fines. It's causing Google to change. And that could have a ripple effect for the US. Until recently, the US government has had a cozy relationship with big tech. Lots of people in the Obama administration came from or later went to places like Google and Facebook. But then companies started selling people's personal data to advertisers in new, sometimes sneaky ways. And Russia abused social media platforms to try to influence the 2016 election. So the trust is starting to wane here too. Now, breaking up tech companies might be one of the major platforms of the 2020 election. And on a personal level, we've all seen how that pair of shoes we clicked on three weeks ago follows us around on all of our social media platforms. We deal with it as the price we pay to get access to the internet and social media without actually having to pay money. But the truth is we are paying with our personal info and maybe also as consumers by being nudged into buying certain things and watching certain things and maybe even voting for certain things. That's a core part of the fight against big tech and that fight appears to be coming to a head. While regulators in Europe are giving big tech a talking to, regulators in the U.S. are giving two thumbs up to something that could help a lot of people, specifically a lot of moms. That story's next. So clearly there's a lot going on in the world. You know what else is going on? Taxes. Yep, tax season is in full swing. But FYI, it's not a season that you can just write off. H&R Block can help you face the form so W-2s don't become WTFs. From a little help to all the help, H&R Block makes filing easy. Whether you want to do it yourself or get help from a tax pro, you've got options. Visit H&R Block in person or online today to get started. The FDA approved a groundbreaking new drug yesterday that could help over 100,000 women in the U.S. with postpartum depression. 
So we're going to bring you three things you should know about it. First, let's back up and take a look at what postpartum depression is. A lot is going on when a woman gives birth. Her hormones are all over the place. She's sleeping less, and she has this huge responsibility. You know, just having a new human being to take care of. Physically and emotionally, that's a lot. For one in seven women, those factors contribute to depression in the weeks and months after childbirth. Postpartum depression can mean anything from loss of appetite and excessive crying to having a hard time bonding with your baby to thoughts of hurting your baby or yourself. Until now, women with postpartum depression might have been prescribed antidepressants. But those often take a long time to start working, if they work at all. Okay, so what is this new treatment and how does it work? The drug is called Brexanolone. The commercials will call it Zolreso, but you won't find it on the shelf at the drugstore. Zolreso needs to be administered by a doctor. Women will have to stay hooked up to an IV at a medical center for almost three full days, 60 hours straight, with supervision the whole time. It's expected to help about a third of the 400,000 women with postpartum depression. That's because not all women with postpartum depression will need this drug. This is the best option for women with severe postpartum depression who haven't found other antidepressants successful. The good news is that it's supposed to start working in about 48 hours after being administered. So that's pretty immediate relief compared to other treatments. The not so good news is that this treatment costs more than $34,000. And that doesn't include the cost of staying in the hospital for a couple of days. And it's still TBD if insurance will cover it. But, and this is the important third thing to know, that price is probably worth it. A drug like this could save a lot of lives. More women in the U.S. are dying of pregnancy-related complications than in any other developed country. And suicide accounts for one in five postpartum deaths. It's the second most common cause of death for new moms. And suicidal thoughts are strongly linked to postpartum depression. So even though it might be prohibitively expensive and tough to get access to, this new drug is still giving a lot of new moms hope. So we just heard about a new drug that might help new moms. Now, we'd like to talk about a woman who's changed how the world views new moms. Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Ardern took office in 2017 as the world's youngest female leader. And just a few months later, she announced she was pregnant. She became one of two world leaders to give birth while in office, ever. But in the last week, Ardern has cemented her legacy beyond those firsts, with her reaction to last Friday's mass shootings at two mosques in Christchurch. Ardern refused to recognize the shooter by name, so he wouldn't gain notoriety. She wore a hijab when she met with families of the victims as a sign of respect. And Ardern has promised that New Zealand will pass stricter gun control laws. Those plans should be unveiled in the next week. I have a role that I need to play. You know, I need to hear the grief and I feel the grief, but I also have a duty of care to the people involved in this to also keep going. Prime Minister Ardern, leading with grace. This Women's History Month, we've been asking you for your nominations of women you think are showing strength, making news, or just making you proud. 
We'd like to hear from you again. Give us a call tonight and leave us a voicemail with your vote. Our phone number is 646-461-6370. It's in the show notes. That's right underneath the audio in your podcast app. You might get to hear your voice on the show on Friday. Before we go today, we've got some fun facts about the season that's headed our way. Today's the first day of spring, and it's the spring equinox. But that doesn't actually start until 5.58 p.m. Eastern tonight. Equinox essentially means equal night. There's your Latin lesson for the day. It happens twice a year when the hours of the day and night at the equator are almost the same, 12 hours. But wait, there's more. Tonight, there's also a full moon. And it's a super moon. It's okay to nerd out. There hasn't been a full moon on a spring equinox since 1981. And today is also the Hindu celebration of spring called Holi. So that's what's going on if you see someone covered in colored powder in your social feed. But whether you call it equinox, holy, or dear God, can I finally just put away my heavy coat and sweaters? Happy spring. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for being a listener, and we hope to catch you again tomorrow night. We'd love it if you share the show with your friends, hit that subscribe button, and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, we want to feature your Woman of the Week on our show on Friday. So leave us a message with your nomination by calling 646-461-6370. You can also find the number in our show notes. 